Welcome to the School of Calisthenics podcast with Tim and Jacko. Answering your calisthenics questions, helping you to redefine your impossible. If you want more great content from us, you can find us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And we've got a great YouTube channel where you can get in touch with us and ask your questions there. Let's get into these questions now. Welcome back to Schoolcast and it's question and answer number three, or Trez. <laughs> what language is that? That's French. And, um, day. You wouldn't have thought that looking <laughs> at it, would you? Tim, would you like to hear the first question? Yes, please, question master. The first question is actually uh, immediately after last week's one about uh, what on earth is going on with Jacko's hair. <laughs> yeah. Is it, yeah, this is a good topic actually. Jacko's got quite a detailed hair history, which is available for all to see if you just Google. David Jackson mullet <laughs> into, into your favourite web so, browser. Um, to quote a good friend of mine, um, Sam Raven, if he's watching, we used to talk about the idea of um, when you're in between hairstyles, you've got to let her be. So I'm just currently letting her be. I'm not, we're all growing our hair because if, you if you're not currently cutting it, it's growing. And if you, make, if you have your hair cut, then obviously you've made a decision. Well, I haven't made that decision, so... See, I, I've got a good question, actually. It, I'll pitch you... It's, it's a bit like, so the opposite, a mullet is long at the business at the front, part of the back is that long. <laughs> this is more like a frullet, where it's, it, it, it's a front mullet. Yeah, so, so just in light of this, so that I'm aware, because I'm not sure how I feel about the mullet making a reappearance. No, it's not, no. What are you transitioning towards? I don't know, that's what I mean, I'm just letting it be. All right. There will be. Not a man bun. Let's move on to a... I would be lying if I'd say it has never been in a ponytail <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> anyway, so the first question, we're getting some good questions in now. Yes, thanks for sending those in. the other ones were before weren't good, the good ones. Um, so the Master, Masterio Fiegel, uh, on, this was from YouTube, he says, hi, nice video. So thanks. Thanks. Um, he would like to know how to make a plan for learning a new skill, um, things he would need to consider, and he was after it. Well, and the example he gave was if he wanted to learn the pistol squat. Okay, Tim, can you kick us off with that, please? Yeah, so the skill acquisition is a really detailed, quite complex subject. So we're going to just try and break it down into some simple terms because people have literally written like textbooks about this. It involves a neural system, which is pretty complicated in itself and just to get our heads around. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep it in terms of what's actually going to make a difference in the gym. So there's a couple of things about learning a new skill. It doesn't matter if it's a pistol squat or you are play the piano or you want to ride a bike or anything like that. You're going to have to go through a process of teaching yourself how to move in the way or how to conduct movement in a way which is going to mean that you can do that particular thing. Yeah. And that involves you having to develop new, potentially new or refining existing neural pathways to be able to do that. So the central nervous system communicates with the, with the muscles around the body through the neural system, telling them how to move, when to activate, the, the level of activation, all that kind of stuff, and the integration between the muscles. So let's take, the, let's take a handstand because it's a bit more skill-based than a pistol squat. We'll, we'll come on to why in a minute. When you've never balanced on your hands before, having to learn to do that means that you're going to have to practice it so that your brain can start to learn those neural pathways. Now then we get something which is called myelination, which is basically an increase in a fatty substance which, you, which surrounds the neurons. And that helps the thicker that neuron, uh, that, that myelination becomes, or the myelinated sheath comes, the more embedded that neural pattern becomes. So imagine it starts off as nothing. When we start learning the skill, that myelinated sheath starts to thicken because we lay down strips for each time we're practicing that movement pattern. And then we start to build robust skill movements, if we want to talk about our new movement patterns. So like when 
you learn something for the first time, you do something new and it feels weird because you haven't like built that up and then when something starts to click and feels a bit more normal or people might say it feels natural now. Yeah, yeah exactly. You've been through that process and built that up. And we often talk about why it's easy for kids to, to, to learn skills. Well, they're, 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 the, the rate of how, how quickly that myelin develops in, in, in young children is rapid. So they can pick up stuff. So if you want to learn something fast or you look at uh, uh, people that have learned things like People who have been gymnasts and learned to walk on their hands when they were five years old can probably still do it now. Yeah. They just got to optimise that development stage of their lives when they're exposed to a particular skill acquisition. Now what does that mean for people of later generations and slightly older and longer people in the that haven't, like yeah. us, and you haven't done gymnastics? Yeah, exactly. The pistol squat is about, and, and any skill acquisition, is about finding a number of different progressions which are going to help you to take that whole movement and break it down into bite-sized chunks. What are your thoughts on that around a pistol squat? Um, well, I'll just talk a little bit generically first, basing our theories around what the framework that we use at School Cast is for any of our movements, that there's a, there's a movement aspect and there's a strength aspect, and so, like, we'll take the pistol squat then like have you got the hip and ankle mobility to be able to, to create the shape we need to in order that you don't just fall backwards on your yeah. on your um, when you go down to that bottom position. And if people want some more information about that we've done a video so you yeah, can go is, and check that out. Yeah there's a two part video to the pistol squat um, and then there's a case of are you strong enough to be able to control yourself down eccentrically stabilize the bottom and then have, have you got enough strength to come up concentrically and some of the thing about learning the new movement if we're talking about that as being the skill is formulating some ways where you can um, work some exercises where you make the the whole movement easier for you to be able to give the brain a chance to, to learn that new movement skill or pattern so um, you might be you might jack your heel up so that you're able to get better door selection so you can hold that bottom that bottom position in your in your pistol squat or you're doing a ha learning hand standing and you're going to be against the wall so you don't have to worry too much about the balance but you're being upside down and giving the brain that the whole movement that you're trying to do but in an easier like environment as it were to yeah. be able to learn that yeah um, I think the pistol squat for me is it, it's an example of a, of a movement but it's actually one the body's pretty comfortable with sort of a squatting based pattern yeah we've over over sort of years of what our modern day lifestyles look like. We've, we've kind of jacked up the hips and ankles. We've done quite a good job of, of messing up what we actually was a very good natural functional movement, but we should be strong on one leg. The body knows that particularly, that particularly well. So if you can get the range of movement and the strength, you're probably not gonna have a massively difficult time of sticking together a pistol squat. Yeah. What becomes much more difficult is like a human flag where you've got absolutely no history of doing a push-pull at maximal effort with straight arms extended overhead. Yeah. Um, in any kind of, previous training that you might have done so that's a real opportunity where you're going to see what I'm talking about with that yeah. myelinated sheath where we have to learn from scratch and the more we do it the more we, we get that reinforcement of the movement pattern and we start to lay down a yeah a muscle activation sequence and some synchronization which means we can start to produce a movement and it's all about little and often that responds quite well so we're doing skill skill acquisition we can get really good benefits from doing it regularly and quite consistently as well yeah not doing it at the end of the session when you smash when you try to learn something yeah remember we try and train the neural system we talk about fatigue quite generally but the neural system gets it gets tired it gets fatigued so doing things which are highly complex new skills do those at the beginning of the session work out what it is that you're wanting to work towards and get the progressions within that we've done loads of videos if it's hand balancing you can find some of our stuff on human flags and back levers and that's what our whole process is, is like Jackie referred to the framework is broken down into actually we have a whole section 
called movement patterning as part of our, our um, framework, which is completely de designated to how we do skill acquisition. Yeah. So if there's something particularly you want to work on, either have a look through what you can find on YouTube, as we've done quite a few videos on those, or check out the eBooks. Um, but feel free if you've got some more questions around a specific uh, movement, then yeah, stick a question yeah. and we'll see if we can just, for, just to finish off, because he asked, was asking specifically about that, about the pistol squat, and as Tim was describing, squatting pat movements or patterns in general like we're quite used to, just reminds me, Tim's got a 10 week old uh, baby Jack, and he, although potentially Tim has been training him, but generally like he's got a baby, look at a baby, like they automatically have that squat pattern, like they, they can sit into a deep squat. So it's not that you need to look, you might need to relearn it, but it, it's there as in terms of a, a, in terms of a pistol squat. When you try and do it, it's going to feel impossible and looks a bit crazy when you see someone doing it dead easy, but that's only because you've got a load of junk in your ankle and your hips yeah. that stopped you from being able to do that thing that actually when you were, there's not many things in life that you're better at when you're like 10 weeks old compared to when you're however yeah, old you are now, but, you but squatting his, probably is one of those things. <laughs> you should it? see his hip hinge, like his hamstring length, is, his spinal cushion, is beautiful. It's a bit assisted at the moment, but we're working on it. <laughs> I like to think he's developing quite quickly. Yeah. <laughs> that's quite a long answer, but there's a lot to it. It's very complicated. We'll yeah. come back to it as if that's not quite clear. Well, a great question. Yeah, really good. Okay. So, question number two. Two. Do ask it. the question oh, master. Sorry, question master. What is question number two? Wait, question number two, Tim, is uh, from Paul H. I don't know if that's his surname is like H, like Triple H. I think so. Or it's got it like it's just the initial. Um, again, off uh, YouTube. Um, he doesn't say like the last video, but he just says hi. <laughs> um, I'm struggling with the transition. It's a good one, actually, because it's something I've found very, uh, takes a lot of time and, and works hard on. Uh, been through quite a bit of struggles on this, um, but Tim is the master of his head of handstands. Um, I'm struggling with the transition between doing handstand push-ups against the wall and attempting them freestanding. Any advice appreciated? But I like to take a mentoring approach in my, uh, in my role as head of handstands. So Dave, why don't you enlighten us as to what you've learned from your journey okay, into hand So, <laughs> the, the, first and foremost, there is a huge difference between being supported against a wall uh, with your feet holding, supporting you, even though they're not helping you up, compared to being freestanding. So when you're freestanding trying to do a handstand press-up, you've got all of, it's like being able to do um, the difference between doing loads of dips on bars and trying to do dips on rings. And people really struggle with dips on yeah. rings when they haven't done them before because the stabilizing muscles around the shoulder don't know what the hell's going on when they're on that ring. And so the, the, the prime movers like the, your chest, your pecs, your, your, your triceps aren't able to even get going because the, the the joint or the shoulder doesn't feel stable enough. Yeah. Um, so you can, might be able to bosh out 10 handstand push-ups with your feet against the wall you try to do on freestanding and your balance might be quite good but as soon as you start trying to move you don't feel like you've got the strength of the horsepower to get back up because you, you, you haven't upgraded the sort of uh, stabilising structures around the shoulder to be able to work um, work effectively and actually put down the strength you've got. The brain just like pulling back some of that strength that you've got because it doesn't feel stable. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there's a balance aspect of that. Like, I don't know what you're at, Paul H, whether you're like balance, are you really good at balancing or have you just done more handstand press-ups and actually you need to get good at balancing on your hands, that proprioception of, of, of balance through the fingers and that feedback through the hands and the fingers and then try and build that in together. Um, or are you just completely struggling with that? So yeah. I think that bang on. And I think the other thing is actually links back to what we talked about before is like handstand push-ups against the wall. 
is an easier skill than a freestanding handstand push-up. So your ability to be able to apply force when that wall is not supporting you, you've got so many more variables that you're trying to control. So the skill component of how you actually control that movement, what your feet do, what you, what you, um, how does your body weight shift as you lower down yeah. towards the ground? Are you able to keep the feet in a position where you're then at the same time strong enough to hold that shape, which you don't have to worry about against the wall? Yeah. Or when you drop down, does the body angle change because you're losing some strength through that range, which then means you lose your balance? There's all of that yeah. sort of stuff but, going on. Uh, so I want to say something on that, as you're saying that there, when you're if here's the wall, your feet are up against and, and, and against the wall. You've all you've you've automatically got some like banana back yeah. issues going on. Even if you've got it like minimal, but the the difference being on your when you're freestanding, as you say, as Tim says, your body comes down and you actually angle your feet slightly behind you. It changes the the mechanics of what's going on and where you actually where you're pushing from a yeah. little bit. Like um, and so it's something that I've helped to practice that. Um, and, and gave this one to Harvey, loved it, our camera and some bits of visuals, so he loved this one, where you go into that handstand uh, against the wall, you take your feet off and get your balance, and then you slowly just lower down into the control, so literally your nose touches the floor, hold that bottom position, where your feet are slightly backwards of you and you're at that little bit of angle because you come down forward slightly. You haven't gone straight down and put your head between your hands because your elbows are going to flare out to the side and junk up that shoulder. You've come forward there, um, and, just, and then just be able to control and feel that position and, and just doing uh, slow eccentric to those, so five seconds on the way down, uh, minimum, um, and not even doing a huge number of reps on that, but just giving the brain, a little bit like the first question, giving the brain the opportunity to learn that movement and build up the strength through that eccentric and you get the control as well. You'll soon be able to get back up and get that out position. Yeah. I would also then practice the outward bit, then still use the wall, so go against, come up to the wall, away from it, control yourself lower down then as you come back up you should then come back up and find the wall again and then eventually take the wall out all together yeah spend some time this is hard right we talk about freestanding handstand push-ups like that's a pretty advanced <laughs> yeah, skill yeah. that's yeah not to be sort of scoffed at and how difficult it is yeah. but it definitely use this system we call it about an assistance tool it's from our locker which kind of helps a little bit around meaning that we can train progressively um, use that to get your your body position right the strength should be there, but you've got to learn to apply that strength when you've got a whole heap more stability to contend with. Yeah, so use those eccentrics with your feet off the wall, yeah. that is mine. Play around with that one, great progression. Okay. Number three please, David, question master. Third and final question is from Billy Dragon. And again, great if that's his actual surname, how exciting. Um, not the capital D though. I wish I'd got a better alias, actually. You could change your name. Deep Think of a good one. Um, you know good ones, they stick in the comments. <laughs> Very insightful session, enjoyed it. That's the previous QA. Jack uh, and I like positive <laughs> feedback. Uh, question for you both. Oh, yeah, this is a great question, Dragon. Can I call you Dragon? Is that right? <laughs> um, name five <coughs> mistakes you made when you started calisthenics. Keep up the great Thank work, you. guys. Smiley face. Tim, you got to go for five. five. I've, been thinking about, I've done a blog actually about the 10 mistakes like not to make or something like that that's on the website. But um, that was a couple of months ago. And I've probably, as I'm getting older and more experienced that I think my top five are going to change a little bit. I am, um, I'm going to flip this because when I thought about this question, right. um, do the five best things. No, I think I've made more mistakes since starting calisthenics than when I first began. So I actually think when, when Jack you made more I, mistakes now than you did at the beginning? Yeah. Okay. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you for why. Tell us. Enlighten us, Tim. <laughs> I might not have got five, but I'm going to, I'm going to wax lyrical for a minute about this. Um, when Jack and I first started training calisthenics, we knew training because we strength and conditioning coaches working with 
with athletes. So we knew what the training environment looked like. We didn't know anything about calisthenics and there wasn't a lot of people providing particularly progressive and systematic training. That's why we developed what we developed through the why school we because the school. we started bringing those two things together. However, we just went in the gym and we messed about yeah. and we had a lot of fun. And people to the point where people say to us, they come, we go, what are you boys doing in the gym? Because it just looks like you're messing about. And we were like, yeah, we are, we're, we're messing about. But we used to go in the gym, the gym just across the road. And we would like try and balance on things on our hands. <laughs> we would just like hang off stuff. Can you do that? I don't know, can I do that? I'll try it, see if I can do it. And like, rate of progression was massive. Now, this is, this is all actually tied together really nice. Skill acquisition stuff, we were learning new skills, we were learning to move in new That's ways. One it's of that sort of got us addicted to it, didn't it? Because it was that new yeah. stuff. So we played, and then we did a lot of basic strength work. So we were doing a lot of dips, a lot of pull-ups, push-up variations, and we did more of that sort of stuff because partly we couldn't really do a lot else. Yeah. So we just did a lot of that. And as we've gone through stuff, I think I've overcomplicated it at times and knowledge is, is, is power in that we know a lot about training and we understand a lot about how we can adapt the variables but it also can provide a really cloudy approach to training and especially when we throw work and general fatigue and we travel a lot so we're all over the place and, and the consistency of I don't have a job that I finish at 9 o'clock or 5 o'clock in the afternoon I go to the gym every day and I can do this sort of yeah. stuff we have to fit it all in so things become really kind just of like, messy just like, yeah, yeah like everybody does so the mistake I think when, when I'm going with this is I don't concentrate enough on basic strength, which is what I'm doing now, trying to get strong. Yeah, so that's one. I try and do too many things at the same time, where I should actually just focus in on achieving something and moving forwards with it. The real, I think one of the mistakes is at one point I realised that I thought I could keep all of those plates spinning at the same time. So why can't I learn a front lever and a muscle up and a handstand and a human flag at the same time? got four different training sessions so I'm just going to do one each day sometimes multiples the neural system again we go back to that can't hack it and the stuff that you have to embed around those skills the specific strength that's required needs repetition yeah. if you're doing something different every day you're never really kind of putting it through if we were, if we were going to take an athlete and go right we need to improve 10 meter sprint time we'd be looking to do some lower body power based or strength based sessions maybe three, four sessions a week and, and hitting some variations, but the same kind of stuff and yeah. hitting that over and over and over again. Whereas if I go to the gym, Monday's pull-up day, I'm trying to work on my muscle-up, but I'm not training the same things. Um, that's three, give me a break and you can have a go. <laughs> I might finish off with two others in a minute. So, certain, so I, I echo those statements, definitely. Um, one thing I've never never been good at was I was never patient enough. Yeah. Was one thing. So I would, and this is a mistake, but it's something that's um, it's something that's helped me be a better coach. I think in the I should be. I say this now. I've saying this a few times to people. Doing calisthenics, based about three years, um, and even at the start, so it was finished rugby. Was wanted to carry on training. Loved training. Lifting weights got bored. Lifting weights quite quickly went no game to play at the weekend or whatever so got into car senses tim was messing about it and like i said we we're just messing about basically and i was actually still lifting some weights that time so i thought if I, if I stopped lifting weights then i'd lose all my size and didn't want to get small um which was obviously wrong um and i would always be trying to do stuff that's way too difficult for me it was what that was definitely a mistake in terms of my pressure so i feel like you still do that now th yeah that's what i'm saying so <laughs> three years in three years i should be better at calisthenics than i am now but I don't. But I feel like I'm a better coach hmm. because I've made like loads. I know the pitfalls and the mistakes that everyone else is going to go yeah. through. Um, 
like my hand like my handstand mistake of spending too long early doors kicking up and being way further behind on my handstand development than you but then being able to then figure out finding that transition yeah, out of that yeah. frog stand is so much more difficult I've tried everything under the sun and figured out actually what works and what doesn't work and what's affected in that there's some so, stuff on that the, the evidence of that is like Jack would be like how do you do that movement where you just come out there and I was like I don't know I just kind of do it whereas you've actually had to go back and, and understand and figure it out what is yeah. it that I did that was different where I just kind of did it and, yeah. and don't have as much of a probably coaching back or understanding as, as a detail of that because it came quite naturally yeah. so patience and not so patience being one another one being don't try and do stuff that's too hard for you. Um, but at the same time, you got to. Enjoy, I liked. I liked that challenge of doing crazy yeah. stuff, and but potentially nearly broke my back when I landed on that. Oh, that was a mistake. But yeah, that was being trying to do some handstanding stuff that I wasn't good enough to do. Well, we had, no, it wasn't that. Like, we had the gym. Didn't we? We, didn't any, we didn't have any kit at the gym, so we were learning to handstand on farmers' walk bars. And if you know what they are, they've got pylons where you put the weights on. So we were using those as parallel bars, and it sounds ridiculous now. We yeah. definitely suggest that you don't do that, because Chaco <laughs> toppled over, and it literally could have broken his spine. It was quite yeah. a hair-raising moment for us. Um, so I think my progress, my personal progress, has been slower because of that, but I think it's helped me be a better coach, which for me and what we're doing with the school, I'm really quite happy. I'm, I'm happy, I'd prefer it to be that way around. Yeah. I'd hate for us to be, able to do way more stuff but I can't teach anyone how to do it because yeah. I get the massive someone was asking I was on speaking to someone um, on the phone yesterday about the calisthenics and asking about they, they were even said do you, do you like it when you're at the workshops coach and I was like we, we finished yeah. the workshop it's like buzzing because people are getting such a kick out of like seeing everybody else go through that thing we've done or like doing something new for the first time and really getting a, a kick out of training enjoying their training loving their training and not um not not hating training, but just knowing it's good for you to stay fit and healthy, yeah, yeah. but actually really enjoying what we do. I think that there's, there's something in that, guys, is like, we, we genuinely... Four things between us. Yeah, I know, I think we've done all right there. I think um, we genuinely are passionate about sharing this information with you, and that's why we started this school, because we were, we were in the same place as a lot of you guys are, we just there wasn't a resource. So the mistakes that we made, we've packaged that in and known what we know yeah. about how to train athletes, yeah. You actually can avoid a heap of those. If yeah. you follow the blog information that we put out, we're not, we're not trying to like, like sugarcoat anything. We'll literally tell you we are two extra players trying to learn calisthenics. These are what we've missed. These are mistakes we've known, but yeah. the benefit that we have is we can come through that because we actually can apply it to a bit of training sites. If you think you can't do it, you, and you, sometimes people look at others now and go, oh, you've always been able to do that. It's yeah. like, no, I haven't. Or, oh, well, I've got this wrist injury. And it's like, well, yeah, like Tim dislocated shoulder. I've broke my scapula. I've broke my thumb. I've broke mm. my wrist. I've snapped tendons here. Like my hands are awful for like hand balance, but you'll find a way. Like we work with people that don't have an arm or don't have a leg, or like with, with the Paralympic stuff we do. Like you can don't think that it's not for you or you can't do yeah. it just because something's difficult. Because the rewards are there to be had. I'm gonna wrap I've up. Got, I've got one more. Go on. Right. Oh, this would be amazing if it's the same thing. One, two, three. I didn't do enough stretching and mobility work. Oh, I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to oh, say, well, let that. Like, no, that I, we're getting, um, we're getting bonus one. one then. But you're hyper mobile, so you. No, but we, we, we completely overloaded tendons in, in the upper body because yeah. you trained so regularly. Ah, so it does the same as mine, because mine was didn't have enough rest. Oh. So I'd literally like hey. train every day or try to train every day and then wonder why. He come and go, right, I've been training now for three weeks and I've now worse at <laughs> yeah. like whatever it is. Like, I'm trying to do weights, I could do 30 kilo chins. Like two weeks ago, now I'm going to do 25. Like, how am I weaker? Yeah. And then you're not weaker, you're just tired. You're just tired, you're knackered. <laughs> yeah. So then it'd be like, oh, my flag feels terrible. Yeah, because well, you had not rested. Yeah, yeah. So rest, 
rest, rest, build, and in rest days. And, this, and be progressive. I actually am a victim of this this week, a really nice little example. So I'm doing some more front lever work. Uh, I'm starting to do some more work on my, on my back lever with the palms um, down towards the ground. And that's, that's actually gonna put a heap more tension through my elbow. So I woke up the following day and I've got elbow niggles and I know what it feels like now. I've got another one. So the, um, so my first go-to after that was I went in, I got some time in the gym, spent some time loosening off and then went into a corrective strategy. So I actually want to do a video on this one because it's a really yeah. useful one because it's fixed it in a day. It's just starting to understand how the wrist and the elbow works and why that's starting to kick off because if you ignore that niggle, I promise you, I was having a great chat with yeah, physio good. about elbows being a combination of muscular and neural impingements and all sorts of issues going to go on. If you go down that route because you don't rest enough and you don't do enough mobility work and it is the same thing, yeah. you're going to have problems. So prioritise that. That is probably the number one because it halts your training and it's, it's a really, you have to be strict with yourself because you want to train but actually the best thing for you is to give at least some of that time pre and post yeah. to mobilisation yeah. and that again fits into our sort of our preparation phase and yeah. taking care of your body because what we're doing is high demand and you're not accustomed and trained to it because yeah. unless you've done a lot of hanging stuff ligaments and tendons and connected tissue it takes a long time <clears throat> to adapt so just thinking you can do five, you used to do five days a week bodybuilding thinking you can do five days a week calisthenics from yeah, a beginner's a level is a completely load. different ball game um, which my, last one my, then. yeah and it links into that nicely um, was like listen to your body yeah. like, I didn't listen to my body so and I'd know like there'd be that voice going like why are you still doing that like like you're, you've got that elbow pain but you're just going to carry on doing that exercise that you know hurts it yeah. rather than actually figuring out what was the problem sorting it out giving it some rest and then coming back we actually get um, quite a lot of questions coming about injuries should I do this if I've got a slip disc should I do that yeah. the, the flat answer to that is if you've got anything which you're concerned about we can't diagnose or anything like that go and see it. people get someone yeah. get some support it's worth the investment yeah. and the last thing I'm going to say is you do that around like training through injuries often because yeah. I'm trying to keep up with Jacko we were training together yeah, yeah. and like oh Tim's doing that today so we want to train together we're going to do that yeah. sometimes you've got to take your own little path and yeah, mix it together one. thanks for listening to this week's podcast if you've enjoyed it guys we'd really appreciate a five star review on iTunes and if you want to put a one star one on that's also fine but we'll just delete it <laughs> until next time class dismissed <laughs>